and you can kick this one off because we've been we've been talking about some great stuff up until now. It's a shame we didn't have the record button here. It's alright. Welcome to another episode of the Remind Podcast. I'm Dr. Ashley Morland. We're joined by my co-host, David Masterton. And today we are having a little bit of a follow-on from our previous episode all about abandonment. We finished that episode mentioning that we want to go into a little bit on perception correction. So what we're going to talk about today is perception correction, but in the context of understanding, feeling seen, heard and validated when this abandonment stuff does kind of come up. The beautiful thing about this is that you can extrapolate the things that we speak about today to just about any topic, Mm. but we're going to go into that a bit deeper. So when I say perception correction and abandonment, Dave, what comes to mind for you? I mean, honestly, the first thing, and I want to remind people that, that I'm the optimist, but the first thing about perception corruption, I thought about was a Titanic. It's sort of like you've got this perception, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> you've got this perception. How quickly can you change it? And like I could probably, if you have a debate with someone and if it's a logical debate and you're open to the idea of receiving new information, you could probably go, okay, I was for the against and now I'm for the for. But imagine a perception that's so deeply ingrained in yourself. You've been raised on it. It's been modelled. It's just got the well-worn path of the sky is blue, air is invisible, now change my mind. How quickly... Mindset. How quick... And to me, Titanic... And I'll remind people I'm the optimist. But you can imagine then an iceberg comes up, right? We'll talk about it, like, say, in relationships or becoming a parent or something like that. And then suddenly you can't course correct. What's going to happen? Well, the unsinkable sinks. And so um, it's just, it's, it's so difficult because there's so much wrapped up in yourself about who you are and especially for me in the past, being wrong. Who should Oof. what? It's the expectations we place on the other people, right? And one of one of the things that we were chatting about before we started recording today mm. was around expectation and responsibility. Yep. And this perception correction thing, I love that you raised this concept of fixed and growth mindset. Well, you didn't, but that's where I'm taking it because that's what you're kind of alluding to. I mean, so I'm like- happy for you to extrapolate that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fine. I'm smarter than I think I am. Yeah, that's right. Um, if we've got this fixed <laughs> mindset where this is just the way things are, this is just the way things are, this is how this is going to go, this is what's right, then anything that is different to what's right is a threat. And what do we do with threats? If we are under a threat, then that's an attack. So mm. we will defend, we will justify, we'll attack back. All these behaviours are really egoic behaviours around protecting and preserving our perception mm-hmm. of what's right. So when we're talking about perception correction, this isn't about right or wrong. This isn't about someone having to be right or someone having to be wrong. This is about empathy and understanding because perception correction is about taking this closed, fixed mind and actually opening it. 
Mm. Because when Mm. we open that mind, we start to become uh, aware of other possible alternatives to our perception that are not threatening, they're just options, they're just alternative perspectives. So one of those things is around expectations. Now, some people, if we're talking about the abandonment wound, and I'm speaking from um, personal experience here, abandonment would, would be one of my core wounds. I really had an expectation that it was up to everyone else to make sure their behavior protected my abandonment wounding. Mm. So you better text me back. You better not leave me on red. If you do and you don't reply, I'm going to cut you. I'm going to cut you. I'm going to cut you off. I'm going to cut you off. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a healed person right there. <laughs> yeah, right? So, but You're going to bleed. <laughs> wow. The difference one word can make, cut you versus cut you off. <laughs> Oh, okay. I collect myself. So the responsibility would be on everyone else because I was so fixed in my ways and so protective over my perception being right and my experience being right that it was on everyone else to tiptoe around it and make sure they got it 100% correct in order for me to not be triggered. Mm. And so that's this version, like the really enclosed tight fixed version but what which was which to be fair a lot of people will come from that because if you care about me these are the things that you would do yeah when it, when it comes to the perception of do you care do you love yeah. do you about me or about somebody else it's you will do what you know what's going to make me feel feel better because you know me yeah and where do those expectations come from where do we learn that that's a common theme that we talk about in every video. It's been modelled. Yeah, it's been modelled. We learn it from society. We learn it from parents and expectations. We learn it from schools and expectations. We learn Which it makes everywhere. it normal. It makes it normal. Makes it normal. And so we feel justified. And if we're justified, then we are stuck here because mm. I have a right for you to have to tiptoe around me to protect my wounding. Mm. Now... What's the other alternative there? The other alternative is that if I unravel and differentiate from that expectation, well, there might be a level of self-responsibility where for me personally, um, that then looked like getting curious about what's really coming up for me right now. And if it wasn't true that when they didn't respond to a text message I was in danger, then what could that really mean? And so perception corrections about being able to see other possible alternatives. And this is kind of like a a cognitive reframing exercise. You know, you go Mm. to a counselor or a CBT therapist and, and they'll be doing lots of cognitive reframing. But in my case, it was about going, well, is it really true that they don't care about me? Is it really true that they didn't reply because they don't like me? Is it really true that etc. etc. And by even just asking a question, when we pose a question, we open up more of our mind. And when we open up more of our mind, 
it allows us to go way deeper into other possible alternatives. So that was something for me where I had to go, okay, if it wasn't the expectation that everyone around me tiptoed so that my abandonment wounds weren't triggered, what would it look like if I was taking responsibility for my abandonment wounds so that I felt more secure even in the presence of these behaviours? The reality is it's probably a happy middle ground, right? Where they partner with us and... Yeah, absolutely. But I love what you're saying here because this resonates pretty hard because I've learned a lot of these lessons over the last year or so. Because, again, a bit like yourself, I wouldn't be so brutal as to cut someone if um, they didn't respond back. Would you cut them off, though? uh, Absolutely, yes. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Because it triggered, like, and I didn't realise this, I just thought it was common courtesy. If I message, you message back. Unless there's, like, a general flow in a conversation where you kind of feel like, okay, I'm going to bed, good night. You don't need to respond to that. But if it's a sort of, hi, how you going? Yeah, good. Oh, great. I did this today and da-da-da-da. Like there's a, you can generally feel a flow. Mm. Or even if I send something just sort of like, let's just say a meme or a, or a video or something, if someone sent it to me, I would always, well, if I'm going to be dangerous here because I know someone's going to go, no, you didn't. Um, I would most of the time respond in some way an emoji, a thumbs up, a comment, or send something oh, back. Oh, the thumbs up thing. Yep. You to me. You even send me thumbs up. Do you know? Do you, but that, that's it. That would trigger me sometimes. Well, because that's a nice way of saying, gotcha. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, Thanks, so, I'm done. So, um, <laughs> if I, depending on, it depends how conscious or unconscious I am at the time. But if someone thumbs up me and doesn't write anything else, that can trigger me. It can make me go, they're being passive aggressive and dismissive. Mm. Well, it's it's a it's a it's a nicest way to go, gotcha, not talking too much more about it. Yeah, but what do <laughs> I do? What do I do? If you message me and I don't have time to respond in there, what do I do? I double tap so you get the love heart. And then this thing, I reckon, at least twice you've said, what does that mean? Is that a yes? Is that a no? Like, where are we going with this? Because I've acknowledged your message with a love heart because that seems more gentle and loving and nurturing than a thumbs up, which feels more passive aggressive. Which is a gotcha. (laughs) But is it? Is Um, it a gotcha? Or is it a... I love the face that you just put it in there, just a projection into the, but you, you're right. I mean, at the core of it, the thumbs up is a, it's a very, it's, it's a tool that everybody knows exactly what it's used for. It's a thanks, but, um, but we're done. Whatever this we're talking about, it's over. So are you validating me with my perception or are we correcting my perception right now? Oh no, I, I'm, I'm saying to you, yes, the, the way you're feeling, it's like if I wanted to engage more, it would be something else. I would always engage more, even with a meme, because I'm spending more time trying to curate the most perfect meme to respond to it. But if I don't want to say anything, but if I really wanted to engage more and get more, then I'm writing something back to try and engage more. If I'm at my peak engagement, forget the text, you got me on the phone. Right, so there's basically the levels 
And I, I think, you know, people aren't exactly the same as me. I wouldn't assume to think that there are, but there <laughs> that people would have their levels of in, engagement. So I know we've kind of de- derailed the perception correction <laughs> sort of thing through, through, the, through the thumbs up. Um, but it's, it's important because we're coming down to now, how do these things make us feel? Yes. So and let's who's responsible? Let's up thing for a second, if that's okay. Sure. Let's say that I observed that tri- that, that did trigger me. You send mm-hmm. me a thumbs up and I sit there and go into the, the story of my perception that you are being dismissive, that yep. you don't care about me, that you're patronizing me. Mm-hmm. What energy am I going to bring into that conversation and communication? A real fu energy. Yeah, well, definitely. Even if it's not straight away, because generally, again, if I give you a thumbs up and you respond, well, you're not reading the room right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, how long are you going to sit in it before you then start to go, well, it's more permanent damage. In, in my mind, if you're feeling that way, it's more ongoing permanent damage as opposed to you're not wanting to come back at me and talk to me about it. Because you're right, the thumbs up is a passive sort of, how do you respond to that without feeling needy or being judged to sort of be sort of going, you'd have to bring some vulnerability to it to go, hey, I don't like that thumbs up. And then you're going to look at that and go, I'm going to type this message and I'm look at it. He's going to look at it and go, well, what are you talking about? It's just a thumbs up. Yes. So and this then, is where I was taking this. Yes. So, so depending on perception and responsibility, is it your respon- is it your responsibility for me to say it really triggers me when you do a thumbs up so can you just never use that to me ever again and well, then i've passed the buck i've bypassed my own wounding and said here dave just don't do this anymore cuz that really triggers me or is it my responsibility to observe the trigger that came up when the thumbs up appears in front of me and i sit there and go oh what is that really bringing up for me? And then I can sit in that. Mm. But we're talking about a very innocuous example here, right? We're talking but about a thumbs up. It does. It does encapsulate everything we're trying to talk about. It so, does. So it, I'm. It gets more complex because what happens if the behaviour, and again we're going back <clears throat> to tolerance versus acceptance. What happens if the behaviour isn't innocuous? What happens if the behavior is actually something that is damaging, something that is toxic, something that you do not wish to tolerate moving forward? A big one that comes up for me is tone of voice. Mm. Tone of voice triggers me. Mm -hmm. As in, if there is a threatening tone of voice, absolutely that activates me. But it's also... An an example of a threatening tone of voice for you, is that like... <clears throat> the level of the noise or well, is it is it like a growl it's when or, energetically or is it, or that is it, person's physiology and voice escalates okay so if we were to recreate that kind of tone is it sarcastic or no, is it is it like, passive I'll give, I'll give you an example um instead of saying hey who left the door open the physiology of that feel safe it's just a curious question it's just information gathering as opposed to who left the door open so the difference there was was 
how it's how, the physiology how of the voice and tonality yeah. and the energy behind it and gosh dave we could do a whole episode on that it's not what you say it's how you say it yeah but that's really activating for me and so i have wounding around that mm. but it's also not something i'm willing to tolerate moving forward absolutely and, and so Actually, before we go any further, because you've you've covered you've we haven't closed off one topic or one bit, and we've dived into another. Let's go back to the the thumbs up and how you asked the question: whose responsibility is this? Yeah, well, this is where I'm going with this. Right. It, it is closing it off because oh, okay. I'm saying that is an innocuous an innocuous thing. It's actually well, not a real threat for you to send a thumbs up, and so it literally is just bypassing my own wounding. If I make it your responsibility, but what but if it's a, case, what if, but what if it's passively me sort of, in a way, using it as weaponizing it? Yes. Well, if it, if you're that, actually if you're actually weaponizing it, then do you still think it's relevant for me to ask the question, "What is this bringing up in me?" Yeah, but what I'm what I'm saying is the the thumbs up while we're talking about in this context, and we'll we'll call it a widget or what, whatever it is, it in its own right was created in a fairly pure intent. Yeah, you know, there's a pure intention behind it, but it, most things can be weaponized. Your voice, okay. you know, the things that you use, the things that you say, the things that you you think about, most things can. And it's about sort of how can I use something that came from a pure intention and apply it to you in a way that makes you feel something different almost to the point of if I wanted to be slightly manipulative and use it all the time or use it in you ask a question right this is how we could turn this simple thumbs up into something that can actually be quite damaging Mm -hmm. especially let's just talk about our relationship you ask me a question and it's got a question mark at the end. And it's like this or this. And I'll respond with a thumbs up. Okay. Suddenly it's not as... Now we're, now we're being a little bit manipulative now, aren't we? Because I haven't said yes or no. Yes. I've given, I've given you a thumbs up, but I haven't answered your question. That manipulation and toxicity would be evident everywhere else in the relationship though exactly yes so 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 there's a root that is beneath that yes so we've just added a third element to a conversation (laughs) that we've now not pointed to any of them so i hear what you're saying and it's about weaponizing it and i think we will come back to that i'm going to close off my example about the the tone of voice thing because it's relevant so in a thumbs up if if i'm talking about an actual threat to me the thumbs up is actually not a threat gotcha so that really is just me asking, what is that bringing up for me? The next level of this is what if something really does represent a threat and it's not just a wounding thing? Mm-hmm. Because remember, in order for me to protect my wound, I could just say to you, Dave, don't ever thumbs up me ever again. And then you stop thumbs upping me Got and <laughs> you stop thumbs upping me and... I get to protect my wound. I get to completely bypass my healing of that and happy days. Our mm. relationship is saved until the next toxicity thing comes up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if I come back to the example of the tone of voice thing, this is so many moving parts here. 
Because yes, there's a wound in me that gets activated in the presence of that tone of voice. So when that happens, absolutely, I need to go and ask myself, what is this bringing up for me? And Mm. that's for me personally, that's some inner child healing work. That's some like deep rooted wounding work. But it also becomes a conversation around tolerance. That's not something I'm willing to tolerate. Not so that I can bypass my own wounding, but because it's not a emotionally and energetically safe environment and I don't want to live in that. Mm. So there's a difference between bypassing to avoid our own healing and not tolerating something and therefore communicating that that behavior has to stop and acknowledging my own healing. Yeah, so I guess your question is how do you know which one to to pick up on? in any sort of situation? Well, part of it, so this is where that third element comes in. Look at the foundation of the relationship. So Mm. I know that the foundation of the relationship, for instance, with you is very firm. The foundation of our... It's a a solid thumbs up. Let's put it up. It's it's absolutely, it's almost up. It's like here. It's it's at 11 o'clock. I mean, that's that's, that's triggering, but anyway... (laughs) But we have a solid, firm foundation, right? I have no other evidence in our friendship that you would be manipulative or toxic towards me intentionally. And so the behavior of a thumbs up, I have to use my best judgment of that, that that's you just expressing and communicating in a way that is natural and and automatic Mm. for you. There's no intent to do harm. But when you... And, you know, it's the same with my relationship with my husband as well. When he's doing things, it's not like he wakes up that day and says, oh, how can I really destroy her today? (laughs) It doesn't happen. I got it. Thumbs up. (laughs) (laughs) So, well, here's the thing. For me personally now, the thumbs up is not such an issue. But it was a really good example. Hmm. Now, a lot of clients that I work with and even in relationships that I've been in in the past where it was hostile, And it was toxic. And there really was such deep-rooted dysfunction in our relationship playing out. Well, then that sort of behavior is literally a threat because the environment in which it's happening, the foundation of the relationship is toxic and dysfunctional. So the continuing behaviors are toxic and dysfunctional. Where if I said to them, hey, it really upsets me when you do that, guess what they're going to do? They're going to manipulate and weaponize it. Mm. So it's and that's not... When, that's when, and that's when I say, if we go back to the thumbs up, it's just a thumbs up. It's there to sort of they go, got you. They'll, yeah. Yeah, and, and they'll invalidate your feeling. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. And I have had relationships where that was the case. Gotcha. Where, and, and it literally is manipulation and gaslighting. Don't be so, don't be so sensitive. It was Ooh, just a thumbs up. That's a good Things one. like that. You're being overdramatic. Yeah, 100%. So that environment is not a safe, connected, nurturing environment. The foundation is rocky. Mm. So if you, the, the thing is, it took me a lot of my own work and investing a lot of time and energy and effort in my own healing to understand what a healthy relationship was. Mm. And if people are listening to this and they can see 
these patterns of behavior where, you know, someone does something and it triggers them, please don't assume that there's a foundation of toxicity and, and dysfunction and narcissism and gaslighting and all those kinds of things. But perhaps even through a conversation with someone who's trained in this, it's, it would be worth exploring because while ever you remain in that unhealthy, dysfunctional, hurtful, harmful environment, your nervous system's never going to be safe because mm. you're not actually safe. So even if you're having those conversations, even if you're communicating, even if you're taking responsibility for your own healing, you can't actually be regulated in that because your environment's not safe. So you've got to settle your environment first before you can start to do that. Absolutely. It's like, I think we've spoken before about if the house is on fire, well, that's the environment, right? There's mm. literally no point mowing the lawn and pruning your garden until you've put the house fire out. Mm-hmm. So the environment itself is so important in discerning the intent behind it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know, when, it, when it fund- fundamentally comes down to this sort of question, we've, we can throw out as many examples as we can, but chances are the people listening are going to have their own scenarios. And they're going to go, well, which one is it? Do I, do I need to take, we'll call it the high ground, or do I need to set better expectations on the person that I'm that I'm with? Can I reframe the word expectation with boundary? Sure. Boundaries. You know, do I have to set better boundaries for myself about, you know, I'm going to come back to what I expect and what I believe mm. I, I deserve in this relationship. So you're going to have a bit of a feeling regardless of what it is. And so what I will say is that the person who is looking to become a healed version of themselves will always start with themselves, without a doubt. Yes, I cannot think of any scenario where for me to find my complete healed self, I'm going to find it outside of myself. Yeah. So if in doubt... Start with yourself. Yeah. And the, the, the question is, what is this bringing up for me? What is this yep. bringing up for me? A hundred percent of the time, the non-negotiable, regardless of the foundation, regardless of anything else, because mm. going back to our episode on spiritual bypassing versus authentic healing, that has to be the foundation of everything. Because if we externalize everything and look outside of us, instead of just asking the question, what is this bringing up for me? then we are completely bypassing our opportunity to to heal from that trigger, Mm. but also just completely abdicating responsibility to someone else and completely victimizing ourselves. Yeah. And further on from that, you start with yourself and then some people might sort of think, well, that's not, that's not right. That's not fair. Everything should be 50, 50 or thing. You're right. It very well could be, but when you listen and you work on yourself first, it doesn't mean that you're allowing and forgiving or expecting that type of behavior in your life. What you're doing is getting closer to understanding what is it exactly you're looking for. So you go inside and you start to listen to yourself. Your intuition just starts to become a bit more of a whisper. It becomes a bit more, oh, okay, I know that I don't, whatever that person's doing, whether it's acceptable or not, it's simply not for me. Yes. Because again, yes. this whole... And then you're this, not stuck, you're empowered. 
Correct. Because this whole good and bad, imagine if you changed everything from good and bad to for me or not for me. Yeah. So suddenly it doesn't matter what the person's doing. Let's just say they've got all their people on their side. They've got the law. They've got society. <laughs> they've got everyone, right? And so, and therefore, by them having everyone on their side and they tell you everything I'm doing is correct but doesn't feel right for you, then you can sort of say, I, I agree, but this is not for me. Yeah. Bye-bye. Absolutely. And then, and then suddenly that's how you're able to put these sort of boundaries in. Because it's not about whether it's fair or right or wrong. It's about is it for you? Is it bringing you joy? Is it bringing you happiness? Is it bringing you closer to you? Because some of the <clears throat> the best relationships you're going to grow from are going to be the most uncomfortable. Uh, that's the purpose they serve, 100%. Mm. But the more you remain in proximity to those relationships and the more you question what is this bringing up for me each time you're triggered the closer you're going to get because the more you start to understand yourself and the closer you get to your own wounding and your own vulnerabilities guess what that's where you start to release the calluses that have been protecting you and and um serving that purpose of keeping you safe Mm-hmm. but those calluses also serve as a barrier in authentic connection with others. And so it's very, very hard to feel safely and authentically connected to others when we're separated by these big bollards of self-preservation mechanisms. Mm. And so when you're looking at um, should I be doing something or should should they be doing something, Another thing is what you were talking about before is the evidence of the relationship. Well, just sort of ask yourself, is this connection, is, do you have a connection with this person? Mm. And then therefore, should you continue to invest in a connection with this person? Is this connection... Do they have capacity to connect with you? Well, that's yeah. That's another really big one. And absolutely. But that's once you've decided, yes, this connection is for me. Because... I, it, because I don't know. I don't know that that's once you've decided is the connection for you because that for me is a huge aspect that comes into that decision because if someone doesn't have the capacity to connect with me well then that's a a, well not a criteria but that is um, a bit of data that informs my decision on whether or not I want to continue choosing that or investing in that yeah well and again what I'm saying is it for you this is not a decision you'll just naturally feel a sense of this is this is for me. Yeah. And when, I'm, when I say for me, it's like when you think about being with that person, there's not the sort of the pit of the stomach sort of, oh God, that then suddenly your logic comes in and says, but I have to be with this person because we've started this and we've got this and mm. oh, imagine what it'd be like if I'm alone. And then suddenly you've just built up this argument yeah. that outweighs your intuition. Yeah. So... Again, for me, it's sort of like you need to ha- answer that question first to then then decide, well, if it is, how do I go through the process or are they able to go through the process with me? Yeah. Yes, yes or no. And again, there's on and off ramps everywhere. And it could be right person, wrong time. It could be right time, but wrong person. It could be a whole number of things. And maybe you've been guided to stay with that person while you learn some of these lessons. Mm. And once you've learned the lessons, off you go. And then there's someone more 
available, more relatable afterwards. You don't know. Like you really, you really don't know. So it's 100% f- for me, it's within first. If I care about this person, if I care about how I feel, I start with me first. Yeah. And then if it comes to a point where it's sort of like, okay, I've gone within and then I'm not triggered but I have boundaries, then it's up to me to decide, and this is a very personal thing, do I care enough to then be vulnerable with the person to say, you know what, I want this to be, I, I would like, I'd like you to do this because otherwise... I'm fairly brutal in this in this respect. I'll either communicate with you, I'd like something better, or I'll just simply disengage. <clears throat> and I won't sort of leave too much in between. I'll just sort of say, look, sorry. It was fun, but I'm out skis. So, um, and again, it all sounds very selfish. It sounds incredibly selfish when you sort of put yourself... <laughs> It can be, it can be selfish when it's in the name of bypassing Mm. because sometimes we can put those requirements on people. I need this from you. I've done this. I need this or else, or else I'm gone or else I can't do this anymore or else, or else, or else. But those needs are coming from a place within me to have to have control. And it's also a lack of trust that Mm. the other person's just going to work it out. And so the point that I got to eventually, and look, this is something I still grapple with and still navigate. But the point that I've had to get to is, do I trust the other person enough? And do I have evidence that they will take this on and Mm. then grow and learn? I don't expect, like, it can't just be a, a line in the sand if you don't change this or if you don't start doing this or stop doing that, then I'm done. I'm mm. disengaging. It's, this is a problem. Is this something you're willing to work on with me? And again, there's capacity building and capability building that has to come into that because maybe it's so some of it could just be a habit. Mm. And if it's habitual, then there's no malicious intent, but it takes a bit to break a habit. Some of it, is I don't know how to do that. So some of it's lack of capability and lack of resources or tools or, or know-how. And so then it's about going, okay, well, is that something that we can work together to, to increase or, or improve? Some of it's lack of capacity. Like, for instance, if I, um, in my younger life when I had babies that were waking multiple times every night, yeah. if it was either you get up and you deal with the kids during the night or I'm done... Well, is that reasonable given the capacity that my husband at the time had? Because maybe he didn't have the capacity. And so there's, it's so multifaceted and so complex that it can't be so cutthroat black and white. But there has to be evidence that the person's willing to partner with you and actually work towards that outcome. As opposed to gaslighting you, as opposed to completely shutting you off and calling you crazy or not taking any action at all or whatever it might be. Because in those cases, then there's a pretty fair chance that it's not for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, and look, and, and you'll know that 
from a point of view that if the only response that you get is that, well, that's not reasonable. And then there's evidence and evidence and evidence and evidence and evidence. You know, I've spoken to that person. This person wouldn't do it to me. That's not normal. You're crazy. It's, you're being very overreactive. They might all be absolutely correct. I'm not saying that they're, they're not, but they simply don't care about your feelings because mm. it doesn't matter. And I've come from someone who used to only deal with people on logic for the first 42 years of my life. So I know logic through my prism very well. And I spent many decades fine-tuning logic, having a sharp mind, a quick mouth, and being able to debate for fun. Right now, I know whenever these things come out, unless we're in a situation where we're having fun in a debate, that when these things come out, I've simply disconnected from the connection. Mm. You can feel it. You just, you've disconnected from the connection and now it's all about you being right. So it doesn't matter if someone comes at me or someone says to me, and I know that if I had to win an argument against this person on this subject, whether I'm being arrogant or not, it's irrelevant right now, but let's just say I am being arrogant. If I could still win the argument... None of that comes into my mind because the connection is more important. Yeah. And I'll go, God, that must suck. Tell me more about it. Mm. And from that point, I know I'm working on my connection. And as arrogant as I come across, sometimes I learn something from these people, even though the logic I've deemed to be not. Yeah. I don't... the. Lo- I love you as a person, but your logic is real, is just rubbish. So, um, it, it just so from my point of view, as well, and I'm throwing more layers on. It's going to end up like a wedding cake by the end of the end of all of this. That it's about how much growth you've gone through, as well. Yeah. When you start your growth journey, it's all about the other person. Yeah. And, and then, then what about me? Oh, it, it isn't there. It isn't fair. <laughs> you want a thumbs up for that singing? <laughs> um, and and then as you go through the healing stages, you suddenly realise it's all about you, as yeah. in the indi- the individual, mm-hmm. you yourself. Yeah. And 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 so someone watching this could be very triggered. Or really going, yep, great. Because it doesn't matter. Because you have the choice to engage in this situation. To be in relationship with this person. Yeah. Drastic self-responsibility. This is something that comes up big time in business. When I'm talking to leaders, when I'm talking to business owners, when I'm talking to Mm. people who just get stuck in a circumstance and then look around. Oh, it's because they did that. No, it's because of the market. No, it's because my staff made these mistakes or oh, because of this or because of that. But when we really deep dive, it's like, who hired them? Who screened them? Yep. Who, who tolerated that behavior for a year? Who missed those errors for nine months? Where if you had have picked it up at six weeks, you wouldn't have been in the hole that you're in. 
And that's and I love this idea about another another show, but the difference between managing and leading. Oh my gosh, right? we're going um, there. Not today, but we're going there. No, because <laughs> here's here's the difference, right? A leader will inspire, a leader will lead by example, and a leader will take accountability. And a manager, and I'm being very broad here, there's probably plenty of great managers out there, but the the term managing just means making sure it doesn't fall over completely. Very different to that sort of, again, fixed is probably managing, just make sure these things tick over versus leading. And so as a leader, and it'd be fascinating because whenever I was in corporate you know, working in different corporations, a very different David to the David you're speaking to now. Yeah. I'd be very interested to see how this David deals in corporate. Um, funnily enough, probably won't even end up back there. Uh, but it, it was just completely, it's, it's different. It's about how you can do it. But the domino effect that you can create by bringing that intention and leading that way mm could be incredibly powerful but i do see that more and more people are working in that direction which is super exciting yeah oh 100 gosh this has just been the show of rabbit holes today hasn't it i know and it's kind of like (laughs) did we close off most of them i hope so yeah i think we did (laughs) Let us know in the comments that'll give i don't know would this be deserving of a thumbs up Maybe, or maybe we've just created questions for people that they might like to comment down below. Yeah. All right. And and just to help... To help Ashley with her ongoing healing, if you want to just put a thumbs up in the comments. <laughs> yeah, I would hate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, please, so please, please. Whatever don't. you do, do not thumbs up it. Yeah, if you want to see Ash go from zero to 100, just put two. <laughs> <laughs> like it, press the like button and leave me a thumbs up in the comments. <laughs> yeah, love it. All right, Ash. That was a great, great one. Great chat. See ya. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.